Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. We believe we have a mandate to bring godly change to our nation and the world through the seven spheres or mountains of influence. To further this cause, we give away a product every week that will empower you to get involved in changing your life and changing our world. You can register for our weekly giveaway by subscribing at truthandliberty.net. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly updates on guests, news, and much more. This is an interactive live cast, and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA. Hello and welcome to the Truth and Liberty Livecast tonight. I'm Mark Cowart sitting in for Andrew Womack. And do we have a show for you tonight? I tell you, I am so excited. Tim Barton is in studio with us tonight. Tim, it is so good to have you. Well, thank you. And you know the Bartons, also Richard, the Bartons, your whole family is a blessing to this ministry, to us. And really, you're a friend of this country. I love the fact that the Bartons have given their lives to knowing the history of our country. And tonight, we're going to talk about some things, Richard, I didn't know about till we actually walked in studio tonight. And it's something that everyone is going to want to tune in. Let somebody know that the live cast is on. But before we get started, Richard, you've got some housekeeping items to yeah, take care of. So right. you want to take that? And Absolutely. Well, thanks, Mark. Tim, it's good to have you with us. Uh, thank you to all of you for watching tonight. It's really going to be a great program. So uh, take a second and, uh, you know, send a text to family and friends or whatever you need to do to get people to tune in here. It's going to be an amazing show. Uh, listen, if you're watching on YouTube tonight, I really want to encourage you to get off of YouTube and go watch directly on our website at truthandliberty.net. Uh, that way uh, you can be assured to see the whole live cast and not get censored there. Uh, YouTube doesn't like us and doesn't like what we're doing here at Truth and Liberty. They want to shut down our voice, but we're not going to let that happen. Also, uh, while you're on our website, be sure to check out our resources page. There's some great stuff there, guys. And we're going to be adding some things here pretty soon that are really going to be powerful. So get familiar with that. One thing I want to mention is Andrew's new legacy product, Biblical Worldview Socialism, is available on our website at truthandliberty.com. Net. You can purchase that and it will equip you, equip your children, your family, your friends to stand for truth, biblical truth when it comes to socialism. Uh, also, uh, Andrew's latest blog is Don't Believe the Ten Spies. God is doing great things. You know, I believe that's 100% true. And don't believe that Ten Spies Network. Get a hold of that blog today. We've got some great events coming up here at Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College. Wanted to mention those to you. First is uh, Karis Campus Days. Um, you know what? We. Uh, we skipped over Men's Advance. Men's Advance is coming up in March, March 10th and 11th. It's not too late to register for that. Tony Dungy, uh, James J.B. Brown from CBS Sports are going to be featured speakers along with Andrew and others. It's going to be an awesome time. So go to awmi.net and register for that, guys. Sorry, ladies, that's just for the men. Uh, but don't worry, you've got your event later in the year. But uh, also Campus Days, April 6th through the 8th. Uh, come out and let God touch you. Let Him change your life. Let Him change your direction. So you can make a difference for God's kingdom. Also, the amazing musical performance, David, King of Jerusalem, written by Robert and Elizabeth Murin. It's a phenomenal show, April 8th through the 10th. And then uh, Andrew's uh, next Gospel Truth Conference is in Washington, D.C., May 19th through the 21st. All these things you can check out on awmi.net. And uh, if you're not a subscriber to Truth and Liberty, would you mind doing that? I 
think it would be the, one of the best decisions you could make. As you'll begin to receive our emails and blog posts and other information that we send out, if you subscribe, uh, then you'll become eligible to receive our free product giveaway. Just go on our website, click subscribe, share your email with us, and we, we will uh, register you to receive or to be in our drawing for that free product. Last week, we gave away Spirit, Soul, and Body, Andrew's foundational teaching, and I want to congratulate Quincy Johnson. You won that. This week, we're giving away financial stewardship. You know, Andrew gets accused all the time of being a prosperity gospel preacher, which he does because he's not a poverty preacher, okay? But this book is a balanced biblical perspective on finances. And did you know God wants you to prosper, but he also wants you to be a steward for the good things that he's given you. And this book is a phenomenal resource along those lines. Um, next, I wanted to mention that... Uh, uh, if you want to be a part of what God is doing here at Truth and Liberty, you can be a part just by becoming a member today. Just go on our donate page, sign up to give a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month. And in doing so, you'll become a Truth and Liberty member and you'll, you'll help us to do the amazing things we're doing. And you'll also get a free book. We'll send you Alex McFarland's book, The Assault on America, How to Defend Our Nation Before It Is Too Late. Last thing tonight, I want to get into the show here, but last thing is if you need prayer, we have have a whole phone center full of Word of God trained, spirit filled, uh, mostly Karis Bible College students and graduates who are standing by to agree with you in faith. And I'm telling you, there's miracles that come out of that phone center every single day. Lives being changed, supernatural events. Call in today, 719-639-1111 and someone will agree with you in prayer. Praise the Lord. Mark, that's all I've got. That's awesome, Richard. You know, I want to underscore something here. You pointed out this new resource Andrew put out, Don't Believe the Ten Spies, God is Doing Great Things. I almost think after tonight's broadcast, that might be a good resource to read because on one hand, we're talking about some things. I didn't even know about Tim until we started talking tonight before the broadcast. And these are things that are quite sobering, but I believe both the this is the best of times and the worst yeah. of times. The best of times for those, I believe, that are seeking the Lord, mm -hmm. pressing Him, because He is doing great things. Yes. But it's going to be the worst of time for the believers and unbelievers that are not seeking the Lord. And so it's our job, I believe, to shine light on these Absolutely. things. So we've got a lot to talk about, but this thing that you were telling me about, Tim, I believe it's ESG. ESG. And tell us what in the world is it? And why should we be concerned about it? Sure. So if, if people were interested, they actually could look online right now. And uh, if, you, if you more or less Google, and I'm, I'm saying more or less because I don't really use Google anymore because they censor in their algorithm a lot of results. So I'm not a fan of Google. But if you do a basic Internet search or if you go to YouTube and you look up what is ESG, what you will find are some very positive videos explaining why ESG is such a good thing. And E mm. is environmental, the S is social, and G is governance. So it's the environmental social governance standard. And actually they score companies, they score people based on how well they do with their positions on the environment, on social issues and on governance issues. And so if you do a good job, you get a good score. But this is where it becomes very interesting. There is a move, actually uh, the, the seven largest banks in the U.S., have said that they will now start doing business, but specifically giving loans to people who have high ESG scores. Now, the E environmental, generally we're talking about the movement to go green. And so if you were a, let's say an oil company, a natural gas company, they will stop giving you loans because you're not clean energy anymore. They, they don't recognize you. Or if you wanna take out, let's say a loan for a car, 
if you're not getting a vehicle that is more in the direction of clean energy, if it's maybe not an electric vehicle or something else, then maybe they don't recognize that as a possibility for you to get that loan. But this is the idea is they are now measuring people and really evaluating whether someone can even do business with you based on how you do with the environmental standard. The social standard are things like you might imagine that it's of woke culture. Uh, the social scores deal with things like our realities of the LGBTQ plus community. And so if you don't do a good job in some of those social issues, if you're not in favor of some of those social agendas that are, are very liberal, that generally the Democrat party is largely embracing, then they don't want to give you a good score. And governance is how well you do submitting to the basic operation of government, especially when it comes to the environment and social score. So an ESG score is what people are given, but literally people in the future, banks are now saying that they will evaluate all loans they give to people based on ESG scores. And if you don't have a good ESG score, then you might not get a loan. And this also becomes significant when there is a push to digitize all currency, yes. right? To get away from physical dollars. And they're saying that, well, digitizing is really better because it's easier. You always can access it. You always have it with you. The problem is when it's digitized, it also can be frozen at any point. It can be taken away from you. And this is exactly what happens in China. In China, they have this social credit score. And if you do something that communist Chinese party doesn't like, they actually can freeze your bank accounts. They, they can give you an allotment for the week and say, okay, this week, we're gonna give you $100 to live on this week because you didn't do very good. But if you do better next week, we might give you $200 to $300. They actually can control whether or not you can get on, on buses or on planes. They can control if you have a passport. This is things that China actually literally does right now. And this is part of the movement with this ESG social credit standard or the, the score. In fact, as I'm saying score, it's because right now, literally there are companies that their job is to go and score people to see how well you do. So if, for example, you live on a farm and you don't have solar panels on your farm, you might not be doing very good with the E part of the environment of the ESG. Or if you drive a, a truck and it's not an electric truck, which I don't know many people that drive trucks that would have an electric truck, but, but let's just say, right, if it's not an electric truck, then you might not be doing very well with this environmental credit score. This is actually what's happening right now. Every single person in the US is being given a score right now, whether they know it or not, whether you want to participate or not, the seven largest banks in the U.S. have already said we are going to use ESG as a standard by which we evaluate who we do business with. And so if everybody now is getting an ESG score, this is exactly where there was a, a thought of the great reset, um, which Glenn Beck has talked about this a lot. He's not the only one a lot of people have, um, but he's been the one that probably explained it the best. And the idea goes back to this notion of a one world order where you can go back to Woodrow Wilson, the League of Nations, right? Where we're just better together. And if we just, if we can all just get along and let's just let there be one world together. If we all could like speak the same language, right? We could all build a tower to heaven and it'd be awesome. <laughs> this is the idea of the one, one world nation is that we all can be the same people and there's no distinguishing, there's no variation of what's going on. And in the midst of that, we are seeing actually the nation move in that direction, actually not just this nation, around the world. We've heard President Biden where he has used the phrase build back better. There's actually been montages done of leaders from around the world who are using the phrase, we need to build back better. Build back better is one of the phrases that came out of this group of individuals from over in Europe from some of these meetings, and it was part of the great reset. They said, we need to reset everything. It's really a Marxist idea because power has been unequally distributed and we need to make 
sure that now we can equalize everything and everybody. And anytime you, we see governments work to equalize, the only thing they distribute equally is misery and poverty. That, that, that's all that comes equally when government gets involved. But this was part of the Great Reset, and it, it makes it very interesting not to be overly conspiratorial, but it makes it interesting when you look at what's happened even in the U.S. over the last several years, even Trump's presidency leading into Trump's presidency, where you had people talking about why Trump was going to be a failure or the pandemic that was coming. There, there's a lot of things where it, it makes you kind of question a little bit when certain medical professionals said that, you know, President Trump is going to deal with a major pandemic during his presidency. And that was 2015 before he was president. And you're kind of going, now, wait a second. Why would they say that? One of the things that came out of this meeting over in Europe from these world leaders was they said, the only thing we are lacking in order to create this one world order, we need some major worldwide catastrophic event where people around the world can be redirected in their ideas, their purpose, where they can be controlled and we can implement the changes necessary for this new one world order so we can have a great reset, reset everything, reset the environmental standard scores, right? This ESG, this, this score, or reset finances, make it digital so then we can control that. This is actually something that is very real. It's, it's happening around the world right now. And the good news is there are a lot of people in a lot of states pushing back. There's a lot of states working on legislation right now to try to do things. So there is a resistance rising. Um, but Mark, to your point, the, this is a pretty serious thing going on. Tim, you made me think, and <clears throat> news changes so rapidly, but the trucker convoy yep. and the protests going on, they raised $10 million through the GoFundMe and they froze the account. Yeah, or, or did they raise $10 million? Because if you don't get it, right, right, this is the idea of big tech. When things are digital and they can say, yeah, because mm. initially, remember GoFundMe said, we're going to take this money and we're going to give it to charities that we think are good charities. Now, when you think you can take someone else's money and redirect it away from their intended giving direction and you're going to give it to your friends. Now, there was enough protest. They said, OK, we'll just give it back to individuals, but it's going to take seven to ten business days. Well, I also have a problem with that, right? Because now nobody has this money for seven to 10 business days, except arguably they could use it even to grow interest during that time. So they're still making their profit and their percentage of their money on it. But this is the danger of a digital currency. When you have individuals in big tech, individuals in government and corporations that have a different value system, the idea is right for the truckers, they were told yes, but, but right now it's no longer a peaceful protest. Why? because it's not Black Lives Matter, right? Like this is crazy when you look at some of the protests that were labeled mostly peaceful right. protests and people actually were killed. They were murdered during those protests. Yeah. Buildings were destroyed, burned down. People lost their livelihood, right? Billions upon billions of dollars of damage was done during those riots of mostly peaceful protests. And yet not only was funding given, you had political leaders encouraging people mm -hmm. to fund yeah. this movement or encouraging to give to the funds to bail out these protesters and rioters who had been arrested for committing felonies for arson for whatever they had done and yet when you have actual peaceful protests but it's a protest against the regime right people in power are able at this point because of the currency are able to say yeah we're going to freeze that anyway and so then apart from gofundme there was a give sin go was more of a Christian-oriented idea of GoFundMe. So it's kind of like a Christian version of, of GoFundMe. They don't take the same amount of percentage out of the gift. And they said, okay, hey, we can help. And so people move their gifts from GoFundMe to Give, Send, Go. 
And then a federal judge came in and said, yep, we're not going to let you give that money either. We're going to stop this because you're funding these unlawful protests. Well, it's unlawful because they're opposing tyrants who don't like their tyranny. That's why it's unlawful, not because they've actually violated laws on the same level that we saw during some of these Black Lives Matter protests. Wow. And didn't the bank just freeze the money or was that? Well, yeah, I was telling about a, I was talking to Richard before a bank that uh, <clears throat> I'm acquainted with now and they just froze some of those assets. And it made me think because when we were talking, we came in, so I didn't even know what the ESG score was, but you told me I have one. So I've got friends from out of country and they are relocating here and they need to get a credit score because they're going to buy a house. So they had to opt in to get a credit card, but I haven't opted in to anything that I know of. And you, you're telling me I've yep. got a score? Absolutely. And I would suppose everybody else does too? Everybody watching right now, everybody listening right now, depending on how they're uh, taking in this conversation, everybody has a score because there literally are companies hired to, to go and analyze people, to investigate people so that banks will have some kind of database they can go to and know who is worthy of this loan and who is not worthy of this loan. So Tim, you mentioned digital currency. Uh, China has rolled out its digital currency. I read before the Olympics that um, they have 280 million people already signed onto it, mm -hmm. that it's the medium of exchange at the Olympics. Um, and the United States government is already working on a digital currency along with a number of other countries. How does a digital currency help these socialist Marxists implement their control scheme? Ultimately, what you said is it's always about control. Yeah. And when you have a digital currency, you do not have a physical asset in your hand to negotiate or barter with. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody, right, I mean, this is the kid at the store, right? The mom and dad are carrying your money, right? And you're like, mom, I want to buy this. She says, no, I don't think you need that right now. And you're like, mom, it's my money. She's like, yeah, but no, I'm, for your own good, I'm not going to let you buy that because I know what's best for you. That's what mm -hmm. the government does mm -hmm. when they're able to control where our money is. And so if it's digital currency, now I'm not trying to be conspiratorial on this. I just think it's prudent. One of the things the Bible tells us is the prudent man foresees evil and takes precaution. We want to be prudent and wise. And if we're going to make a decision, we want to make sure we know what are the possible ramifications of that decision. And possible, in this case, it's a very realistic possibility because we're seeing other nations already doing this. So when you see communist nations that are already using digital currency to control and manipulate the individual citizens in their nation so that they can they can say, hey, you know what, if you don't do what we like, we're going to freeze your currency and we're not going to let you have the money that you actually had a job and worked and earned. We're not going to let you spend it where you want to. You're only going to be able to spend it on things we want you to spend it on. And this is also right when you see banks giving loans, when banks say we're only going to give loans to certain kinds of endeavors. Well, I mean, I guess technically they have the right to do that on some level because they're banks, institutions, private institutions, generally speaking, and they can control where they spend their money. But this is where you see the bias and agenda come out. If if I can't get a loan to get some right, whether it's a, a Silverado or it's an F-150, right, or whatever it is, if I, if I can't go and get this Denali because it's not determined to be clean or green or whatever the case is, and you're not giving me the money I want, even though. I could, I could financially show I have the money to do this, or what's even worse is it's not far-fetched to say that you have money in the bank and they're going to say, we won't let you withdraw that money to spend it where you want unless you're buying what we approve for you to buy. Mm -hmm. That's mom and dad with you at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And you know, Tim, you're, you're saying, and a lot of people say, oh, that's conspiracy theory right there. And I, I shared recently, usually the difference between conspiracy and truth is four to six months. Right. <laughs> and it seems like that's what's happening. 
But I think the looming question, because this is bearing the mark, when you read the scripture and you, you look in the book of Revelation, end of time, so the mark of the beast is an economic mark. Sure. And while we're listening to this, first we're seeing it happen yeah. to some degree, smatterings. So I think the big question in me, and I think probably in all of us, what can we do? Yeah. What, what can we do about this? Yeah, and to your point, like the mark of the beast, if you didn't have the mark, you couldn't buy, sell, or trade. Nothing. So totally, it, it, it impacts your economic ability to even survive with being able to get food or whatever else. So the good news is, as we are seeing right now, so for example, if you look at the truckers rally and Trudeau is now coming out and saying that he might have to bring in emergency declaration and get heavy handed with these guys to, to stop this thing they're doing. Well, right now, Trudeau's approval rating in Canada dealing with these truckers specifically is less than 20% among Canadians. That's amazing. Because wow. Canadians are looking at this going, okay, we recognize who's the tyrant right now. Mm -hmm. We recognize what's right, happening, right. even though they're able through their own media, th their media arguably is worse than our media, right? right? With their, their media personalities, their propaganda they share, they are working very hard to control what message gets out to people, but people are rallying in droves. And again, Trudeau's ratings are incredibly low right now. The reason I bring this up is one of the good things about right now in our nation, as Americans are getting a taste of this level of tyranny, the vast majority do not like it. And when people hear about these ESG credit scores, which is a real thing, and, and one of the things that we frequently tell people, in fact, while I'm here this week, I'm in the School of Practical Government. And as, as we give lectures every day, we tell, we tell the students every day, don't take my word for a single thing I tell you. Go look it up for yourself because we don't want to be reliant on what somebody else said. We want to be pursuers of truth who investigate and who are able to write, rightly divide the word of truth. We pursued and knew what it was. So don't take my word for it. Go look up ESG. See how ingrained it is. See what these big banks said. But again, the point is Americans, as they are discovering this, they have a distaste for it. They don't like it at all. And so we've already seen several states uh, that have, have taken moves against it where some states said, uh, largely speaking, states have, uh, be because they have different pension funds, they have different investment accounts, mm -hmm. um, and, and they have to put those somewhere. They, we've seen already, already this year, states that have come out, West Virginia being the very first one to lead the way, they said, we're not going to put any of our pension funds, our investment funds, with any bank, any organization, investment firm, corporation who supports ESGs, because... Obviously, West Virginia being a big natural resource with coal, among other things, natural gas in West Virginia, they would ultimately be investing in companies who are working for their destruction of the livelihood of their state. So it was very pragmatic and prudent to say, okay, we're not going to invest in those companies, but you have a lot of states who have seen what they've done. Texas is a state that is currently investigating the best. Now, this is what politically they're saying, right? We're trying to find the best way to do this. I think there's wisdom that they are actually trying to explore to make sure they're finding the best solution to know how to remove some of their investments from some of these organizations and corporations that would ultimately do things destructive in Texas. We do a lot of things with oil. We do a lot of things with agriculture. One of the crazy things in this E, the environmental score of ESG, it actually is against farming and ranching, right? Because animals give off methane and methane's not good for the environment. It, I mean, guys, this oh, is genuine. Yeah. As dumb as this is, this yeah. is, this is actually part of it. And so in Texas, I mean, cattle and oil are still a big deal. Farming's still a big deal in Texas. So there are states working actively to go against this. And there's a, very, there's a very strong reason to be hopeful and optimistic that in the midst of this, there can be some very good outcomes 
as states are waking up, as people in those states are putting pressure, and, and this is where everybody listening right now, we would tell you, you should call your state legislator and say, hey, we wanna make sure that our state is getting away from these ESG scores, make sure that we're not investing in these organizations and corporations that are doing this. And really, first and foremost, one of the things that you need to know is if the, the, the nations, or excuse me, the companies that you invest in or the bank that you do business with, are they doing ESG scores? And if you're with one of the seven major banks, the largest banks in the US, they are doing ESG scores. And, and, and don't take my word for it, go look up on their website, go search on their website, look for ESG and see what they say about it. And if you are with a banking institution that does ESG scores, you need to leave them, tell them why you're leaving. So they know that they're, they're losing your dollars because of this position. Go find a local bank that you can put your money in that local bank. And the same thing when it comes to your investments, when individuals take action, individuals have the ability to change the course and direction of the future, even though something looks enormous and gigantic. And we talk a lot about the American Revolution where if you look big picture of the revolution, Great Britain was the most powerful military in the world in the 1770s, like bar none, not even a question about it. America had no military to speak of because we were British citizens. That, that, that was our military. We were British. That, that was who we were when we separated. We had a very small contingent of people. It was actually between seven to 10% of Americans who actually physically fought or actively partook in the opposition to the British. So, right, you're talking eight, nine percent of Americans who actually were on the patriotic side fighting against the British. They fought against the most powerful military in the world and they won. Now, they couldn't have won without God's help. But the reason this always makes me hopeful and optimistic is we never have to have the majority to get good things done. We mm -hmm. just have to have a dedicated minority that's willing to stand up, be vocal, do the right thing. And God shows up way more in the dedicated minority than when you look how often when God brought victory somewhere, did God have the majority when he brought the victory? Mm -hmm. Almost never. Mm -hmm. Because if God always had the majority, he wouldn't get glory or credit for the victory. Yeah. In fact, sometimes he made sure that the majority was not there. Like Gideon. Absolutely. They're already outnumbered. And he said, well, there's a problem, Gideon. There's too many. And he's like, time out, Lord. We're already outnumbered. And he got him down to 300. And that's where my hope comes from. I think one of the things I keep going back here is we got to make sure which network we're on. I think we need to know what is going on out there. I just quoted this in church on Sunday about where tyranny really lies in the land of ignorance. Mm -hmm. And if we don't know what's going on, but on the other hand, we've got to understand just like this country, we are a testimony yeah. to the fact God is with us and he's with us now. Absolutely. And so I read some document somewhere said, we the people. And uh, <laughs> I think that I keep encouraging people. I've been going to the school board meetings lately and watching some online and we were blessed to see how many Richard, 70 some odd seats? Yeah, 78. 78 seats in the state. Just in the districts we oh, uh, just covered. In, that's right, the yeah. ones we covered. It's awesome. And then several school boards flipped, flipped to conservative control, yeah. So I've been watching some of those school boards and I'm directing our church to get involved to not let the spirit of fear come on because these new school board members are literally the tip of the spirit. Yes. It's volatile, it's a lot of vitriol, it's wickedness. Yep. I've never seen anything like it. And I think even with something like this, here I just learned about this walking in the parking lot with you tonight, Tim. Didn't know what it is and found out I have a score. So um, we may have people watching across the country here 
so you said get a hold of your bank, see if yep. they are one of those big seven. Anything else that comes to mind uh, to really do to uh, combat this? Yeah, and, and Richard, I know you have some thoughts too. I, I, I know big picture, right, contact. First of all, what we can do individually is make sure that our money is not going places that are helping fund this nonsense. Right. But obviously we can contact our state reps where in West Virginia, their, their state treasurer said, okay, I, he has control of where the money for the state goes. He says, we're not putting money in those directions. We can help states have pressure to make sure they're allocating their funds and their resources in areas that are not gonna do things that are fundamentally detrimental and damaging to the nation. And, and Mark, to your point, as you're talking about, as people get involved in, in the local level, which is the best way to change things, get involved locally. If you run for school board, we the adage in politics is there's nothing dirtier in politics than local politics. Right? <laughs> politics on the local level is where it is the most personal, there's the most drama, there's the most slander, the Ugh. most name. It's it's awful, it's terrible. But this is where we know scripturally that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We know there is something spiritual, there's something supernatural, there's a war, a battle that's going on. We know the thief has only come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And when we are seeing stealing, killing, and destroying, we can know, well, that's territory the enemy's trying to claim. And anytime I see that, I'm gonna fight back against what the enemy's doing, because I don't want him to have any gains on anything we're doing, especially when we look in this nation and do it. And so, if, as, as, as you say, school boards, you saw incredible drama, tension, right, just ridiculous, the stories you would tell. Well, it's not gonna be any different anytime we are engaging in something where we see the devil actively trying to accomplish a goal somewhere. If we are offering opposition to what the devil's trying to do, you can just count on the fact there's going to be a fight coming, mm -hmm. but we don't fight the same way the world fights That's right. because the weapons the of our warfare are not carnal. Yes. But they are mighty through the Holy okay. Ghost of pulling down our strongholds. We already know the victory is ours, that greater is he that's in us, he that's in the world. But in the midst of that, we don't just pray for rain and sit on our shovels, right? We roll up our sleeves, we get to work, and... Just like Moses, when, when, when he was praying and said, God, if you don't go, I don't want to go because I don't want to go anywhere you don't want to go. I'm not, I'm not praying for God to do something just so we can see God do something. I'm praying for God's will to be done, but I'm going to fight like crazy with the already clear principles from the word of God that we know this is the, the general will of God that I'm gonna fight for what God's already showed to be true, for what God has showed to be right, for what God has showed to be righteous or just. Those are things that we definitely can roll up our sleeves. So where we do things financially, but really it goes back to starting with just do some research, figure out what's going on, be informed people so that the way you overcome a lie is with the truth. But if you don't know that it's a lie, you don't know to overcome it with the truth. Sure. So you gotta start by, by educating yourself, learn what's out there, learn what is true, and then you overcome a lie with the truth and obviously overcoming the evil with the good, we engage in righteousness, fighting back in this, and if God is for us, who can be against us? That's really good. Tim, oh, go, go ahead, Richard. Well, I was just curious if wall builders or any other uh, organization you think is reputable, do the, is there anything out there on ESG that our viewers could go and use that as a resource to inform their legislators, inform uh, their bank, get, for example, or whatever the case may be, because I, I can imagine how hard it would be to get information out of your bank uh, if uh, you're at Wells Fargo or Bank of America or one of these others. By the way, do we know who the seven biggest are? It's probably Chase, Wells Fargo, Bank Correct. of America. Um, uh, so so yes, we, we do know those seven are. I couldn't remember off the top of my head, which is why I didn't go down the list. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody you said is on the list. And I mean, big picture, we know there's more than just those top seven that are on the list. Yeah. We, we know the seven largest are all on that list um, by their own website. 
Yeah. And, and and this is certainly as as we begin to do investigations into this and figure out where you know what what people are actually trying to do. As crazy as it is. As we are doing the research into that and seeing what these banks are actually doing, it, it's one of the things we, we've talked about so often, one of the blessings that came from COVID. Obviously, so much brokenness, damage, heartache, right? The, the attack of the devil on so many levels. But we know scripturally that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and call according to his purpose. One of the many, many, many positive things that came out of COVID was when schools closed down and parents were forced to homeschool their kids, many of them for the first time in their life. And as they're homeschooling their kids, they're having to go over some of their, their curriculum content with their kids. And they're going, what, what did that just what say? That as we investigate some of what this ESG is, there will be some of those moments where you go, whoa, whoa what, what, what did that just say? Mm -hmm. so, so if I don't support this, mm -hmm. then you wouldn't give me a loan? As you begin to investigate and discover what some of this is, it's very telling. There are several websites uh, that are actually several very good articles that I, I can get with you. So probably the best thing to do is people come back to Truth and Liberty mm -hmm. um, and you can post those links for people to be able to yeah. find those. Uh, as far as external things, uh, Glenn Beck has, has covered this probably more than anybody else I know. Now, like many things with big tech, uh, there is a heavy censorship that takes place mm -hmm. and so, Glenn Beck has a YouTube channel, but if you just do a basic search for Glenn Beck ESG, you will not find the vast majority of the videos where he's talking about it. So you really need to go to the channel and then look on the channel for those videos because their search algorithm tries to keep you from finding all that is there. He also has a book called The Great Reset, which definitely dives into this a lot. Uh, and so that's another really good resource. Now, with that being said, just like I don't know necessarily it's the most strategic thing if you went to your state legislator and said, hey, I was talking to Andrew Womack and he said this. So you sometimes it's more strategic not to use a name, but to have the information, right? So I wouldn't say, hey, I just read Glenn Beck's book, The Great Reset, and because of what I learned, you should do this. No, learn what it is and go on the strength of the argument, not the strength of the name of the person who made the argument. Mm. You know, I think, Richard, that's, that's a great idea that it goes to the Truth and Liberty website. Yeah. Because if we go to these banks' website, we're going to think, oh, this is a great thing. But to get some trusted articles, they're going to tell us how we need it. But to get the real story and just making sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get some links up there on our website as soon as possible. But I had another question. It, it, to, just today in the news, we're seeing these, this news break about how Hillary Clinton's campaign actually hired Wall Street lawyers and worked in conjunction with big tech to spy on the Trump campaign, even the Trump presidency. And at the time, everyone might remember, conspiracy theorists, conspiracy theorists, this is a bunch of right-wing nutjobs saying this, this never happened. And again, ESG, they're gonna say conspiracy, conspiracy. Yep. Um, <clears throat> would you have any thoughts on that, Tim? I mean, uh, here we have Hillary Clinton in league with yes. it. Now, the, the Durham papers didn't identify the tech VP, but to me, that's the missing. No one's talking about that part of this story, that she was working in conjunction with some big tech company to yep. do that spying. Is, is that the same thing that's going to happen here? Are they going to be spying on all of us to know who we're associating with, what we're saying, what we're buying, where we're, what well, groups we're a part right, of? A report came out last week. The CIA already has a huge data package on an incredible amount of Americans already doing spying on Americans. We know um, that just last week there were actually congressmen who found out that they were being spied on by government agencies and in their private correspondence, among other things, for no good reason. But we, we definitely know that this kind of stuff is happening. Those reports are coming out. Now, with that being said, one of the things I think is very important for Americans is for so many Americans, especially of an older generation, 
we still have this impression of America being closer to Mayberry, right, than it is to maybe Germany in the 1940s. And the reality is, the more secular our nation becomes, the more, the more that we have walked away from the biblical foundation. The biblical foundation is what made America, America. It's where we learn the basic values that you should treat other people the way you want to be treated. Love your neighbors yourself. But the more we've raised generations who have not grown up with those values, it's why, why in the world would Hillary Clinton and her team think this was a, a viable thing to do? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't believe in God, if you don't believe in the principles and truths of the Bible, well, then if, if you have a more Machiavellian perspective or, right, you kind of the subjective morality in this postmodernist relativistic world that whatever benefits me is the best thing for me and that's what I'm going to pursue, that's what we are seeing happen around us. So it's not surprising that people in power would then very much the old Wizard of Oz scenario, right? Pay no attention to the man behind right, the curtain. Right. That is exactly what is happening right now, where if you say they're doing this with ESG, they're going to try to discredit you because they don't want to incriminate themselves when the reality is if, if you look at who they are and what they've done. So just, just for example, okay, just as, a, as an example, Joe Rogan uh, podcast, very, very famous, largest podcast in the world, actually, every single podcast episode, he has an average of 11 million viewers every single podcast episode, which is more than any TV network on anything they do wow. anytime, right? I mean, the Super Bowl beats him, and that's like basically it. So Joe Rogan, most followed, listened to individual in anything in America, he had a couple individuals on the end of last year, uh, doctors who had a different idea about some of these jab mandates or, or some of these medical thoughts that were out there. And they just came on and said, here's what we know as medical doctors, here's what we've seen, here's why we have a difference of opinion. And so Joe Rogan then was attacked and right, big tech people began leaving Spotify and, and, and all these things started unfolding. But what was crazy is when Spotify didn't back down, they changed the attack and said, well, he's racist, right? The, the reason now you have to cancel him is not that he gave misinformation on this pandemic, the reason you need to cancel him is because he's racist and because he used this word. Now, I, again, the reason I want to bring this up in context, he said the N-word, and he said it on his show many times. What he pointed out is almost every time he used it, if not every time he used it on his show, he was actually quoting somebody else that had said something. So in context, you still might go, you know, it's probably not the word we want to use now. Joe Rogan is not a Christian. He does not have a sanctified mouth on any level whatsoever, <laughs> right? So I'm not encouraging people to go listen and learn vocabulary from Joe Rogan, right? But the reason I bring this up is they wanted to cancel him for using the N-word. We have a sitting president of the United States mm-hmm. who as a U.S. senator in the U.S. Senate used the N-word quoting people. Mm. Now, you have Democrats wanting to cancel someone for doing something that the sitting president of the United States did. And the reason I bring this up is what we are seeing is it's not about what is true. It's not about right. having a standard that is a just standard, right, to equal weights and measures the Bible talks about. What we are seeing is if it benefits me, I'm for it, and if it doesn't, I'm against it. But this is where if you start looking into, like, this idea of ESG, it'll be very similar to this Russian collusion, like, oh, you conspiracy theorists, you're making stuff up, it's not real. 
No, really, it's just you're playing a game and you think in your Machiavellian position because you think the end justifies the means, it's okay to lie right now because you don't really think there's a God that you have to be accountable to and do the right thing. So as long as you win in the end, that's all you really care about. That is, that's the world we are now living in because our world in America is no longer as influenced by the Bible as it used to be. So for most people that are looking going, well, I, I'm not sure about this, it's because you're confusing modern America with Mayberry and we're not there anymore. Now, we would love to get back to Mayberry, but that's when Christians help reintroduce and reimplement the principles of the Bible. That's just not where we are, and it's naive, and it's actually a winning strategy tactically in a battle to think you're fighting a battle against a different enemy than you are, or you're fighting a battle in a different place than you are. Right? That, that's not how you win a battle. You need to be very cognizant of who your enemy is. Right? It's where the sons of Issachar, they knew the signs of the times, and they knew the best course for Israel to take. We have to be people who are aware of the battle we're fighting, aware of the people promoting what lies, so we know how to stand up and effectively communicate truth to overcome the lies they're spreading. Mm. You know, Tim, what you said, there's a message your dad preached or taught at the end, or at the beginning of 2021, really changed my life. Run to the roar. Yeah. And if people haven't seen that, they need to. But the message I got, and I keep revisiting it, win local battles. Yes. A lot of people are distracted looking at Washington, D.C. And I shared this Sunday morning, I think I said it first service, the largest gathering of saintiness took place this previous weekend. Yesterday it concluded in Scottsdale, Arizona. So it was the Temple of Saint. I would love to know what the numbers were. Came from all over the world, supposedly. The reason they wanted to do an invocation at the local Scottsdale City Council meeting and were denied. So they said, well, we're calling a meeting here. And I thought, okay, that used to be something that was in the closet. Used to be Church of Saint, now they're Temple of Saint. They came to our school board forums that we held recently at, at CFAN. We had so many school districts represented. We have to do two sessions that night. And there was a whole bunch of them there. And I found out they are so engaged fighting yeah. anything that restricts abortion. So to me, as we're talking about all this, it's everybody listening yeah. has to get involved, yes. whatever you can do. I think, Richard, we were pleasantly surprised at the results on the school board mm. uh, meetings. We kind of went into this looking at it going, golly, we're a little behind the curve on the timeline, but people are rising up. But I just found out recently, I'm reading your dad's book, uh, Benjamin Rush, mm -hmm. Signer of the Declaration. And I was talking to your sister actually and found out that was your dad's favorite founding father. So I got the hardcover book and started reading it. And one thing I did not know, we learn something every day, that after the winning of the revolution, he said, if we don't get this into our children, yep. into their education, then this victory is not gonna continue. Yep. But if the winning of the revolution is going to be a blessing to mankind, we have, and that's why the battle in the school systems. Yeah. And so I'm pointing our congregation to the importance to show up at school board meetings. So I went to one last Wednesday night, and I have to be honest, it was quite nauseating. And hearing some of the, the whining and the complaining, but it's part of that, mm -hmm. that situation. But there's something, you, we can't do everything, but we can do something. That's right. And so one of the things I think, Richard, that truth and liberty exist for is to get people informed and make them aware 
provide opportunities to get involved. And you know, I'm really curious, have we got any questions coming in? <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> I want to see what, what's going on inside of people tonight. Yeah, we've got a lot of questions, a lot of interest in this ESG here. So let me just dive in. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, this guest asks to know if you have any banks you would refer people to in Canada uh, by chance. Oh man, good Canada, question. So, the thing that is, is the most largely recommended right now is actually looking for local banks because generally local banks, they invest in the local community. And ultimately, we, we, we want to be people of community. And so I would rather my money go to help some local farmer, some local mom, right, some local family. And so I would look to local banks. So I, it's, it's not a specific branch or uh name, right, brand name of a bank that we're looking for. But the recommendation is you definitely want to find people that are not motivated by ESG, but specifically, we want to invest in the local community so we can help make a difference in our community. So we definitely recommend the local bank as the best place to look. And a, and a related question, uh, what if you're already at a local bank, are, do you have an ESG score anyway? So you definitely already have an ESG score because there are companies out there that that's what their job is to track people and to give them an ESG score. Uh, and if you don't, it's because they haven't gotten to you yet, right? They're, they're working on that. Um, but even, yeah, it, at this point, it's, it's worth everybody checking, even their local bank. And a, a, for a lot of banks, they put this information on their website. So you don't even have to go have a conversation with somebody. And actually, if you did have a conversation with people at your bank, I think a lot of people, a, a lot of managers, uh, branch managers of banks, they would say, well, no, we would never do that. Mm -hmm. And then if they go back and look at what their corporate has determined, they would be shocked yeah. to go with it. I can't believe they said, I can't believe we're doing that. So this is where sometimes we would encourage, don't just ask somebody what they're doing. You wanna look for their written policies as much as possible because a lot of banks are actually very proud of this, that guys, we're not gonna do business with people who don't have a good ESG score. They think it's a really good idea because either they're short-sighted and don't recognize the danger of this, or they're more a fan of a Marxist socialist kind of government where they think this is a good idea to be able to control the people who don't do the things they want to do. So either way, it's worth investigating your local bank where you are. Great. Well, so um, what can people, well, here's the next question I'll just ask. Polly on Facebook, who gives you an ESG score? So this, we say they, who is this? So there are, there, there's a, a, multitude might be too strong of a word. There are several organizations and companies um, that for these big banking institutions to be able to say that we are only doing right these loans to people who have a good ESG score, well, they're gonna have to know that. And so there's groups out there who have found a niche in the market saying, well, we'll go by and rank people. And so they'll look at where, right, there, some, some tax statements, some tax things are uh, public record where you can investigate um, different automobile companies who they're selling vehicles to. There's certain things that are public record already about us that is known stuff. And actually what's even crazier is it's not just an outside group. Uh, when, when we talk about our smartphones, our smartphones already know the kind of vehicles we drive, right? I mean, they, they, it, they're listening, they know all kinds of stuff about us and so, when you have big tech working together with these institutions, organizations, it very much is an overlap of where some of this comes from. So it's not just, it's not like, well, it's this one company and organization who is doing the SG scores. It's actually a pretty big collaboration and there's a lot of players involved in this, but it's because the players involved are working for a common goal and theme of a direction. And it really is a bigger government that has more power and control and the ability to silence dissenters, which is kind of what we're seeing happen around us right now. You know, this just comes to me right off the cuff here, but what, did, what are your recommendations to people out there 
if they want to keep some semblance of privacy in their life, <laughs> uh, you said our cell, I know your cell phones, you know, you're looking at all of a sudden these, like you have a conversation with your wife, you sure. think it's in private the next morning, these ads are popping up about the very thing that you talked about. Correct. What, what, what do you recommend? So for, for mean, basically- Confidential emails and other things like that? For, and, and there are, to that point, there are some very good apps out there. So whether it be right, like a signal or there, there's some different emails, some apps out there that there is levels of privacy in communication. With that being said, almost every app people have on their phone, and I have a lot of apps on my phone, including a lot of Bible apps on my phone. But for any app, one of the That's things- That's gonna hurt your ESG score, man. <laughs> it actually <laughs> hurt right? Um, one of the things that these, these companies do is the way they make money when they have free apps is because when you, agree to terms of agreement, they're doing data tracking on you and they're able to sell that data so that they can make money. That, that's why people would do free apps or even if you purchased an app, when you agree to the terms of agreement, by and large terms of agreement are that they're gonna see what you're clicking on, what you're liking. There's even things, algorithms, where if you're looking at the screen, they can track where your eyes are on the screen and they can determine what image you were looking at, what text you were reading, so they can determine what you were really interested in on the screen on your phone. And this is part of where they can do targeted advertising. And there are people that pay a lot of money to be able to do targeted advertising. And this is where these apps will be able to sell part of this information to these companies. So it, it, it's almost a little bit of Pandora's box. It's really hard to go back now. I mean, we could talk about going back to a basic flip phone that only right, has a number. And then they can still identify what towers you've pinged off of, but they're not tracking oh. you on the same level. But most of us, there's a give and take we recognize when we live in, in society that there's certain basic freedoms we agree to give up. Most Americans would never agree to the amount of freedoms they've given up for their apps and their smartphone. It's just that they have no idea what those are because we assume that most people are good and trustworthy because we try to be good and trustworthy. And so, it, you know, yeah, well, I'll agree to this because they can't be doing bad stuff with it. And the reality is not everybody out there are good, honest players and they don't all have good motives. So unless you're trying to get off the grid, which I don't know is the best option, I don't recommend that option. Um, I don't know there's a lot you can do other than definitely there are different apps and platforms that do have other levels of security. Uh, you know, you can get some VPNs and, and there's different things you can do to protect some of what you do. But the reality is we live in a world now where even if I didn't have my smartphone, both y'all have your smartphones and it's hearing everything I say. So you can do something to protect you on some level, but if you're around other people, you're exposed on their devices as well. So it's very tough. Wow, wow, that's amazing. So um, it, I looked at a couple links on this ESG thing, Tim, and this relates to a question from Sharon here. Um, it, they seem to be speaking at this point, at least, only in terms of corporations using ESG. But you're saying, no, the ultimate goal is to control people. Absolutely. Okay, so. Well, so it, we've already seen corporations literally in the last couple weeks come out and say their hiring practices will be based on individuals ESG scores. So if you're saying, well, it's, the banking industry is only gonna apply it to corporations. Yes, but if corporations want to have good standing and good ESG scores, then they need to show they're being faithful little players of this ESG game. And again, you've already had, you've already had companies come out and acknowledging we're gonna do this, which is also one of the things we saw companies <laughs> that after this federal jab mandate was struck down, recognized to be unconstitutional as it was, the US Supreme Court struck mm -hmm. it down, 
You had companies say, yeah, we don't really care. We're still going to follow right. through without recognizing religious exemptions, which is unconstitutional to reject someone's religious faith in an exemption. But it's because these are companies who want to go for that ESG score. And so, well, they're showing they're good players in the game. So where's the financial incentive for these companies? Why are they pursuing this? It seems like they'd be killing their own market, if you will. Where's the money coming from? They, it, on the outside, it definitely would seem like they're doing more damage to their business than they are benefiting their business. It's, it's one of the things I remember very well uh, back uh, Michael Jordan when there was a, a uh, campaign happening and people came out for Jordan saying, hey, we know where you stand. You got you to support this Democrat leader. And Jordan very wisely said, I'm not endorsing anybody. And they said, why not? He said, because Republicans buy shoes too. <laughs> right? Now, that's a very wise and prudent thing. It would make sense that organizations would follow through and say, you know what? We're not trying to be political. I'm trying to sell clothes. I'm trying to sell shoes. I'm trying to sell cars. I'm not trying to be political. But what we are seeing is right now, you actually have loans not only from banks, but you actually have different funding projects from the U.S. government that the government will reward you based on how environmentally safe some of your practices are or how you're doing some of this. So they're actually, if you go back to, to some of these COVID funding programs, there actually was money offered to organizations who would incentivize vaccines. And so if you're getting paid money for your people to have vaccines, there, there is outside money out there. And one of the adages was always you follow the money, right? Well, why are people doing this? Follow the money. People who have big organizations and successful businesses, they didn't get there by doing financially dumb things. So if they're doing something that on the outside seems dumb, it's because there's something behind the scenes we don't see. And it's because they're getting money from a different avenue or a different venue. And unfortunately, right now, some of that's coming from the federal government. Well, you know, I'm looking at the headlines lately, except for ESG. <laughs> and I'm seeing a lot of uh, promising signs, yes. right? The public becoming aware. I think uh, one of the Fox News guys actually used the phrase awakening recently. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like, well, he may not be a believer, but he's speaking <laughs> by the spirit here. Uh, the, the, the convoy in Canada, now in the U.S., we have people. Uh, I saw the uh, a general a poll on, do you identify more with the Republican Party or with the Democrat Party? And in just a year's time, the Democrats had a strong advantage, and it's flipped. Uh, For the first time in decades. In, like, the strongest since Ronald Reagan took office, uh, something like that. Yes. Lots of good signs. What do you What do you think, Tim? Is this a lost cause, or are we are we actually on the cusp of a yeah, great victory? Uh, so, so the general idea of the question, we always, as people of faith, we never want to end in a defeated note, like, oh, my gosh, these giants are so big, because the reality is, <laughs> right, when the Israelites were going to take the promised land, and Moses is like, hey, let's, let's figure out what the land looks like, where we're going, and so, right, a leader from each tribe is chosen, they go in. I think it's very telling that everybody knows the name Joshua and Caleb. Mm. But if I said, who are the other 10 leaders? Like, pretty much nobody can no. give those names. Why? We, we don't know people who did not walk and act and live in faith, mm. right? We know the people who lived in faith that God used to do great things. Amen. And everybody saw the same thing. Everybody saw the same giants. Amen. But some people recognized there was a God. And what God had called them to do, Joshua and Caleb said, let us go right now and take this land. Surely God is with us. That was the right perspective. As we look at the giants in our nation today, there's unquestionably giants around us. But I am incredibly encouraged because we've never seen more Americans 
and even Canadians at this point, right, waking up to this notion, recognizing the role of government and what government shouldn't do or shouldn't be. We've never seen more people interested in the Constitution than right now. Mm. But also as a Christian, I've never seen people hungrier for truth yeah. than right now. People are looking for answers, which should be so encouraging because we've, we've talked for decades about the immorality of the nation, and the secular position of the nation. But now we're at a place we can say there are people hungry for truth. There's, there's never been a better time that I can think of to be a Christian in America than 2022 because people are looking for answers. But that means as Christians, we have to know the word of God. So we know what the answers are, right? The sons of Issachar. They understood the signs of time, knew the best course for Israel will take. We need to understand what's happening in culture, but know the truth of the Word of God and how to apply it, and that with God we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, that we are overcomers in this situation. Amen. Well, there's one more question. If we can squeeze it in, Pastor Mark, I'd like to get you yeah, to respond to this one. Uh, this viewer wants to know, how do you balance preparing, this is Catherine on Facebook, how do you balance preparing for the future with staying in peace and trusting in God. In other words, with all this terrible stuff uh, that's trying to come upon us, and yet we want to we want to be wise, uh, but we also want to not lose our peace. Such a good question, Isaiah 26:3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect mm -hmm. peace, whose mind is stayed upon thee. I was recalling when we had dinner with you and your dad one night. Remember, Richard? Yes, sir. Andrew had gotten the word that we are in a great awakening. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. not coming. I mean, it was a word from the Lord. Yeah. So he called you, you guys flew out, you did a week or two yeah. of television and we were over there having dinner. We were supposed to talk about something else and we ended up talking for two hours. And I think I said to you, wait a minute, a great awakening, it sounds like in our history has been accompanied by division, mm -hmm. contention, mm -hmm. and they were just overall messy. Yes. <laughs> and, and so this is really, I think to answer that question, this is a time to draw near to the Lord Amen. as never before. Amen. Because yeah. the scripture says, James said, if you draw near to God, He will yes. draw near to you. That's not a maybe so. And this really is it. And, and I believe that the key to that, you know, the Israelites, the judgments were falling on Egypt, but they were protected. Yeah. Psalm 90 and Psalm 91, Absolutely. there are some that believe it was actually Moses that wrote those. So while all these things are going on, this is a time for us to lift up our head because our redemption is drawing near, but to keep our focus upon the Lord because he has not given us a spirit of fear. And you know what, guys, we're out of time. This is always a blessing. Tim, thank you for being here. My pleasure, and, guys. And thank you and the Bartons, the whole family for being such a friend of this ministry Amen. and all of us. And I want to thank you all for just tuning in to Truth and Liberty. And I want to encourage you, you know, this broadcast, when I look at the lineup of guests, it's pretty staggering. We have the best of the best. Please let people know about it. Go to truthandliberty.net, the website. Take advantage of the resources. Share these broadcasts because that's how we help get truth out. And thanks so much for joining us. Join us next week at this same time. And we'll see you then. Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net. 